Saliba. Do, 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 do. Saliba. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Cannon Side Chat, your weekly podcast where you discuss everything Arsenal, Premier League in general, and really just soccer in general. I'm your host, Q, and today I'm joined by, as always, the original trio, Bex and Sam. How are you guys doing today? Saliba! I'm doing fantastic. Absolutely great. Great to be back. I see you've got your robe on. That's awesome. Yeah. Feeling it today, boys. (laughs) Sam, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, except I cannot get that sound out of my head. I think I've been singing that to myself um, all day long. Um, But yeah, great to be back. Three points, three goals, clean sheet. Can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, it was really just an exciting game week all around, um, especially Arsenal, obviously, 3 nothing. Uh, continuing the trend, starting out hot, a goal in what was it, the first five minutes of the game? Uh, and it goes to Odegaard, and Martinelli even gets a fantasy assist due to the shot, but we all know who the real main man of that goal is, and it's Gabriel Jesus. Beckett's shaking his head no. I don't know what he disagrees with about it. Maybe he can clarify. I can't clarify. I'm just still in disbelief of what he did to contribute to this goal. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, that that settle for one is just insane. But glad to see that because we've generated chances within the first five, I think, every week so far this season. But glad to see us finally, finally put one in the back of the net. Yeah, and as I said, it continues our trend of starting hot. But I think... Yeah, the thing I love most about the settle is the little slight little nudge, shoulder to shoulder body that he puts on. Who is that? Mepham or Cook? I don't know who it was. Um, but yeah, just puts him off balance, brings the ball down immediately afterwards, incredibly, and then just dances through about six people. It is incredible. I was waiting for the shot, but he has eyes in the back of his head, slips Martinelli in. Oh, and yeah, you know the rest. And Odegaard honestly has quite a bit to do with that rebound. And it just speaks yeah. volumes of him being in the right place at the right time and being able to sort his feet and passes it in. Yeah. Who says we need a big striker, man? That, yeah. He's been a hoss up there. He's just as physical as anyone else that we could put at center forward. But then he also has the first touch that is one of the the best first touches I've ever seen, the way he takes that contact. And then he dribbles through six guys. If there was a, I'm, before the season started, you said, is he our most important player? And I waffled a little bit. Well, I was like, yeah, he is. But here's hopefully Odegaard and Saka step up, which I still hope they do. But he is absolutely the most important player on this team. And it, you can just tell by the way our offense is flying. Dude, there's just so many chances that we're creating right now. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I- it's crazy to look at through three games and he has three goals and two assists and then you still feel like the numbers just don't really justify how he's playing. Like, you know, somebody is just absolutely on fire um, when you have to say that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really been incredible to watch. And you say, you know, dribbles through, I would almost say dances or even waltzes or yeah. walks because it's effortless. I mean, not even... It's it's left stick dribbling from FIFA. It's nothing crazy. He's just he's just better, as they would say. He's literally just better than the opposition. And yeah, boy, there wasn't wasn't the attacking return you'd you would have expected from such a good game that he had because you don't get a hockey assist in in the Premier League. But boy, yeah, what a what a start to the game and what a start to his career he's been having. I just one more thing. And I, I'll try not to keep going back to it all throughout the season. But when you just look back at how, what we had at center forward before this and how sometimes Laka would do things in games where it was worth it that he wasn't really relevant in the final product. Like he would press well and it would lead to it. But what Gabriel Jesus is doing, pressing, that leads to those same opportunities. And then what he's doing when we have possession and get the ball into him it's just such a game changer for the way everyone around him can play. And you can see that directly in the way Martinelli's just him and Martinelli just on a wavelength. 
every time he, Martinelli cuts in, Gabriel Jesus is right there waiting to bounce past to create with it. There's just it's fun to watch. I think Lee Dixon said it in the commentary as well. Is the, his ability and him bringing those balls down, him chasing, him pressing, um, it really just inspires confidence in the other players to continue to make those runs in behind and to to sniff out spaces because they know he's not going to lose the ball whenever he gets on it. You know what I mean? He's not careless with it. He can dribble two or three people and then find you. He can create space for himself. So, yeah, he's really just been supplementing, I think, almost everyone. Everyone's plays drastically improved because of it. So I agree. I waffled a bit at, at first, but he's undoubtedly the most important player on the team. Has to be the first first name on the team sheet by now. Yeah, and we all came at the end to say that he was, but there was like, oh, well, we haven't actually seen him play yet, so maybe he's not, and we're just way too high too quickly. But no, he's quickly shown he is exactly what you're paying for, exactly what we need. What a bargain, too, huh? Yeah, no kidding. That's a pure steal. But anyway, on to the next one. I know you talked about his first touch being immaculate, and maybe the touch on the goal was intended. Who knows? Only Gabriel Jesus can decide. But straight away, right after our first goal, we get a break down the right-hand side. I believe Saka plays in Ben White on the overlap, um, which I know there have been question marks about the profile and Ben White playing right back. But, I mean, talk about the composure to pick out a pass there, a cutback on the inline after making a pretty long overlapping run. So, yeah, finds Jesus, who has probably the heaviest touch of his Arsenal career so far, but who's right there again, the main man Odegaard, captain and what a finish too it's probably almost better he hits it with his left considering where the defender was coming from i think if jesus hits that it hits the defender probably square in the nutsack uh, but odegaard on the left is on to curl it around the outside around the goalie around the player and perfectly right into the back of the net so what do you guys think about that goal yeah you gotta love him you know finally not being too unselfish you know he could he could have dummied that and jesus could have you know went around side him and scored but no, great to see him like taking that shot, and then you love seeing Jesus celebrated as if he was the one that buried it too. So, um, I think his arms just went straight up in the air in celebration. And yeah, anytime you're two old, two goals up in 15 minutes in, um, you gotta love that. Yeah, and Jesus ran the opposite way, but with his arms out, like you were saying. And yeah, that's just good to to see that your main striker, who's been the main man, isn't upset that he just had a ball taken off his foot in the box. You know, he's just, just as pumped that Odegaard scored as he would have. He's probably more pumped than when he scores himself. So you love to see that as well. Becky, do you have anything yeah. to add? You got to know he's licking his lips there though. He, oh, he yeah. wanted to, he wanted to unleash on that, but it's kind of reminded me just while we're still on the celebration of pro clubs, just kind of everyone just running mindlessly when you just score a banger in pro clubs. So yeah, I thought that was great, but you can go on to Beckett. Yeah, it was almost like he just knew if Odegaard was taking it off him, that Odegaard was scoring it. He's like, yeah. and kind of, I think, I I hope that Odegaard having the armband this season gives him more confidence to just let one rip or f- take it off someone's foot to ha- if he thinks he has a better opportunity. Like, hopefully it's take some of the hesitation away from him in decisive like shooting moments. And we've seen him already pass up a right footed shot uh, this season, but it's going to develop. And hopefully as he gets more confidence, just taking over a situation and doing his thing, he'll do it more often. Certainly. Yeah. And we can only hope, right? Um, yeah. And we created some chances throughout the end of the, of the first, um, nothing too, too major that I can remember off the top of my head. Maybe you guys can help me. Uh, well, really? there are a couple chances still. And, but I think the most important thing, they were like half chances and we had a couple of things going on, but we controlled the game. And have we, I mean, we might've taken our foot off directly attacking as hard as we were, but there's always going to be a letdown when you come out of the gates flying like that and you score two goals. 
every once in a while you might be able to push on and get a few other chances, which we did in the second half. But we've heard Arteta say that you need to get 100,000 passes, whatever, when you're winning a game and put it to death. We had about 75% possession or something like that at one point. I heard them say on the commentary. So we just – we saw out the first half. A couple – we'll get into some things in the second half that we saw. But, I mean, we still had a couple half chances here and there and things. So, Yeah, Yeah, unfortunate that – oh, sorry, Sam. You go. No, yeah, I was just going to say kind of what Beckett said. You know, when you come out 2-0, it's – it's hard to keep that up throughout the entire half, but I did like to see that we finally won a, a possession battle. Not that that's an end-all, be-all thing, and yes, it was AFC Bournemouth, but um, great to see us, you know, knocking the ball around and kind of making them run and, and defend for longer periods of time than we kind of had in the first two games. Yeah, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to catch a lot of the first half as I was trying to watch it at a seminar on my phone on my lap under the table without getting caught. Uh, Hopefully I'm not outing myself on the pod talking about it. Uh, But to your point, yes, we might've laid off the gas on the brakes a little bit, but as we all can do simple math, when you're up to nothing, do you, do you really need to put it all in attack and risk counterattacks or anything like that? I, I don't think so. I see nothing wrong with us controlling the ball and seeing out the half up to nothing. That's a demoralizing way to enter the locker room if you're Bournemouth having already, you know, conceded four last last week. And, yeah, I think that we really did a, a nice job of killing the game out. Um, and I suppose we can just move straight on to the second half as well because we're, we're there. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I was, I was really, really impressed with, with the overall total play of the first in the first. I thought there's nothing, no nothing to complain about from my end. If we're up two nil and the rest of the game is slightly boring, that's okay. That's, that's very okay. That's honestly ideal. Maybe not yeah. from a fan perspective, but boring game means no one's getting hurt, no one's getting a red card and suspended. Uh, we're taking. We're. I'm not saying we're taking it easy, but it's easier on the legs than having to fight for every single loose ball and scrap for yeah. 45 minutes instead. So. And honestly, Bournemouth, I feel like kind of <laughs> the second goal took it out of them where they just kind of collapsed into a shape because they, they could not get out at all. And part of that was the way we, when we did turn it over, we'd force it, a turnover out of them, but they were just so dejected that they were just giving it back to us. So they were just kind of so deep too that, we had, I mean, we got to see some different things out of Zinchenko, though. So it was kind of cool seeing him where the positions he was taking up in a game were, were possession heavy. Um, and so that was kind of cool. Yeah, at one point he was almost over and right back. And it really makes yeah. you appreciate why we bought him as well, because I'm not going to say Tierney can't do that, but I'm way more comfortable with Zinchenko standing on the ball in the holding spot as opposed to Tierney just because of how technically sound and how gifted of a passer he is. Whereas Tierney puts, like we talked about with the low whip balls, like he has a lot of force with everything that he does. Um, but technically, he I don't think he's near as gifted as Zinchenko. And the way he operates in the midfield is so smooth. It's just, it's going to be really fun to watch this season, I think. Yeah, and I know kind of back to the possession thing, I like I think, yeah, obviously watching and seeing a ton of goals is fun, but it's almost awesome too when you have a team that backed up to where you have the ball and then like you only lose it for like a second and then you're back on the ball and you get to yeah. see your team try and break down um, the other team. So, yeah, obviously not as exciting, but it is funny to see a team that just is struggling to connect a pass. I to- will say too, in the first half, we probably could have gotten on the Olay train as fans. <laughs> In the in the the away fans, you know, they could have started Ole in every single pass. They Ole in the seventh minute. Okay, yeah. Well, I was going to say towards the end of the half, but when I was driving home, listening on my on my car, all I could hear was do 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 for about fifteen minutes straight yeah. before <laughs> halftime. It was insane. Even Lee Dixon was like, 
please, I can't wait till halftime. So this is off. Like I yeah. cannot listen to this any longer. Yeah. So I loved it personally. It got a little old after a while, but how can I, how can I get mad at an Arsenal chance? So. Yeah. Well, and I, I think, and it's been said so many times that we're basically trying to build like city with Arteta as our coach. That was a city game. I mean, city might go on and get five goals in that game too, but what does City do? They'll gladly take 80% possession if you give it to them. And just as soon as you get the ball, they'll turn you back over. So I, I think I said to someone on Saturday, we are we play like City with a U25 team. Yeah. I agree with that. And it's, I mean, I we're creating chances where another year or so into this project, we could be scoring five, six goals in a game like that against Bournemouth. I mean, so I, it's again, don't want to get super carried away, but I am kind of very okay. Getting carried away. <laughs> I love yeah, might as well at this point. Right. I love watching them play. Yeah. You can it's only not beat a bad teams, model to follow. Yeah. You can only beat the teams that are put in front of you. And we, it's not about us saying, yeah, look at the, look, we beat these three teams. It's not really about the teams we beat. It's how we beat them. We've scored how many goals? Nine, maybe? Yeah, nine goals and zero goals to start last season. Way better position. There's a couple more games where we could extend this run and other teams are faltering. And the biggest thing we wanted was goals, and we're creating all sorts of chances. So, goals and clean sheets too. Yeah. So that's nice as well. And Who I mean, cares? the only the only goals we've conceded are the own goal, and then the the one you like to think that Ramsdale will save Ramsdale yeah. any other day. So, you know, it's not like we're giving up like bad goals at all either. It could be very well. A goal differential of nine with nine no. to zero. How many, it could how be many, a very well goal differential of about 12 or 13 yes, if we could. finish a lot of our chances as well. It could. Some wide open chances. So. Yeah. Now I'm not, and I'm not throwing shade or hating. I'm just simply stating. But it's a, it's a maturity to be able to hold the ball that long too, even if, even if you're not pushing forward the whole time. Because there's games that we've had like that where another team could nick the ball off us right before halftime, put it in our net. It's 2-1 going into half, and we come out. Who knows how that second half is going to be. They, they had absolutely no momentum whatsoever to take into halftime. <laughs> Bournemouth couldn't have been a more defeated club at that point going into the locker room, and you knew they had to come out somewhat better in the second half because that was just dreadful on their part. So... That you don't want to give that team any hope. Seventy-two percent possession killed all hope for that. Well, I suppose with that, we might as well move on to the second half now that we have waffled a little bit. Um, started out pretty well. Uh, only minor hiccup is the Jesus yellow card, and I'm not even going to go too much into that. I only mention it because it messed me up in fantasy a little bit. Docked one point that. Um, straight away after that, another set piece routine again, which seems to be a common denominator for us. We we've really turned set pieces around since since Yovarez came in. I guess it was at the beginning of last year. Um, yeah, what a well worked routine, and I can't believe that when I watched it originally, I thought for sure that Zinchenko is meant to be that guy. He's dropping it back to because. It's natural. It's on his left foot. It's on Saliba's weak foot. But when the ball goes back and it's struck, I, did you guys have any doubt of it going in? I, I think I thought immediately as soon as off his foot, I was like, oh, my God, what a banger. And perfectly arced right over the goalie, right in the side netting. What a first goal for a defender to have, um, especially after conceding an own goal last week. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. That's a chef's kiss, baby. That thing was that was beautiful. Sweeps it in with his left foot. Man, I could, I only hope I could do that. And I'm left footed. I wish I could do something like that. And that dude hits it, just grazes the bottom of the bar. Oh, 
Oh, that's a messy goal. I've seen Messi do that shit. And Messi's left footed. Saliba's the best player in the world. No, that was insane. I was at the Amsterdam Tavern for it, and I was like sitting on those little benches at the side. And I think when he kicked it, I just kind of clutched the bench because I had my hands like down by my legs. And I was like, oh. And then the place just erupted as it went in because, you know, it seemed like time just kind of froze while it was floating in midair. And then sure enough, he's wheeling away to celebrate. Yeah. What an absolute banger. And I don't think anything epitomizes it more than Zinchenko's reaction. Just complete disbelief. Falls to the ground. Hands on the head. Yeah. Arms out. No way did he just do that. No way did I just see that. Yeah. Incredible. And what a celebration from Saliba, too. You you love that. He gives it the Henri slide, death stare. And to see the boys, the whole team coming behind him. They're all slapping him in the head. I, I feel like I would hate that personally, but... You know, a, show, a showing of love, a little nice little love tap, but some guys were really getting him, just slapping the shit out of the back of his head. You love to see that. So he's obviously loving it. And of course, the away fans love it because cue about 45 more minutes or 30 more minutes of the, the Saliba song. So, Saliba. Yeah. Saliba. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, and then another thing I meant to say in the first half because I was I just noticed it more in the first half and the first. You can't go back, man. Was, can't go. Can't go back, man. No, it relates. It relates. But like on the Odegaard goal, I actually counted uh, whenever I was watching. There was nine players there celebrating. So everyone except one in Ramsdale, and then the Saliba was probably the same scenario. But I didn't. Uh, so Jacob wasn't that, there. But he didn't yeah. believe it went in. <laughs> yeah, he was praying. And you have to imagine that one player who isn't there is probably Arteta probably has his ear saying, this is what we need to do. I just saw this, you know, straight yeah. in the ear. So, yeah, it's awesome to see. It's awesome. I can't get over Zinchenko. I can't get over that. Uh, he's just like, nope, it didn't happen. Not today. Yeah, none of those city, none of those city fullbacks can do anything like this, man. <laughs> who was I playing with? Yeah, um, that is incredible. The best thing about the best thing about it was after he scored, after getting all the celebrations, that dude had the biggest grin on his face. He was smiling ear to ear. Yeah, they that should might have be marched, one of the... They should have taken that contract down to the locker room right after the game, put it under his face, be like, "Big man, sign here." He was so happy he might have done it. Yeah, we gotta we gotta relish that too, because that might be one of the few smiles we get from him all year long. You know, he's normally pretty straight faced. Yeah. No, I, my expectations are set now. I'm, every third game, I want to bang her <laughs> and see that smile again. Dude, could you imagine if we got like 10 goals out of our center backs? Gabriel, Mark Magalish bring in four or five a season. Saliva bring in four or five. The craziest thing is I don't think it's it's that unrealistic to expect eight, in all honesty. I, I, I really don't, especially with how we've been – when we've been performing on set pieces over the past year and three games, I I would not be surprised at all if we had two center backs with. I mean, I would bank. I'd put I'd put money on Gabby getting at least four again. So yeah, He's well, safe. Also, the line would be somewhere around like a seven and a half or something. I know it's I know it's really unrealistic and I'm completely stretching here, but our penalty taker position isn't really set in stone either. Maybe Saliba wants that for himself. Oh you know, yeah, start start taking pins after practice every day, and he runs those not even double digits by the end of the season. Actually, who am I kidding? Saliba. Who am I kidding? We do not get pins called for us ever. So I'm yeah, not gonna fair. I'm not he gonna. He just walks point. up to Saka. He's like, "Get out of here, little man. Yeah. I'm taking yeah. these now." Son. Uh, yeah. That'd be hilarious. But yeah, moral of the story: great for William Sleba, incredible goal, great for the fans. Um, I can't believe you started that take on. I know I'm not going to stretch something, but then you <laughs> go on to say Sleba's taking penalties. No, I said I know it's a stretch. I know it's a stretch. But, uh, that's great. I mean, who knows, man? Center backs have taken PKs before. Some when I was backs. at SLU, when I was at SLU, and one of the center backs was one of the best penalty kick takers I've ever seen. He took him for the team. Yeah. He's so I know the, this is his run the, up was clean. This is a, this is a huge stretch because this, 
a coach I worked with was the goalie for our head coach's team his first year coaching. Um, and I know it's unrealistic because they're always talking about points as if points are like a legitimate soccer term when it's like really only used in high school soccer. But as a goalie, he was the designated penalty and free kick taker, like some stuff straight out of the 80s type stuff. So oh, it's yeah. not it's not unrealistic for a center back to be to be a penalty taker. I'd let Ramsdale take a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> if we're up. <laughs> I mean, goalie, I, Kyle Leveling, guy who played with us, I remember him taking penalties in practice and them he not too shabby. Him. Yeah, he, no, no fear well, whatsoever. You probably have to know with a goalie. I mean, like, there's only a handful that could do it anyway because they have to be able to litter, put their foot through the ball. Yeah, like, it has to either go never, in, it has to go in or go over the net or the goalie has to parry it. Out. Yeah. Like it can't come right back or can't be caught. So yeah, yeah. I'm with you there. They, can you I, imagine? They, yeah, that'd be. Sick. Can you imagine an Aaron Ramsdale celebration after scoring a PK? Oh. No, because they're absolutely nuts when we score a goal that he's not even involved in. I can only imagine his celebration on Jesus's Crystal Palace goal if he finishes it. Like, oh. or is that was that Crystal Palace or is that Lester? I think it's Lester when that he backed Lester. down Johnny Evans. Listen, listen. Yeah. if. During his Arsenal career, he gets to take a pen and he buries it. I'll get a tattoo of it. We're we're completely stretching now, but virtual shake on that. Everyone, you heard it here first. <laughs> I, I don't think there's I'd any way ever. More. Do friendlies count? Do friendlies count? No, no. Do PK shootouts count if they make it all the way to him? Well, yeah, because yes. that's how I expect that's the only way it could happen. Okay. I don't right. ever Fair. think he's realistically taking a pen actually in a game. Yeah, now. nor do I. So, so All right, we're on the same page. Meta, 11 you guys? PK shootout, which uh, I'm saying I would do that, but I'd also be shitting my pants for future Beckett because that I'd be so locked up on that game. So I'd future pain in multiple ways for myself if that would come true. You guys remember that commercial? But you'd also be guy? happy for Ramsdale. Sorry, Sam. Yeah, that'd be elite. You guys remember that commercial where he's like, it's just a never-ending knee slide? Yes. <laughs> that, would, that would totally be him just like pointing at everyone in the crowd. That'd be great. Have like a motor back there. Oh, that'd be awesome. What if they added that? What if they added that celebration to FIFA? You could just knee slide all over the field. That would be so toxic. Laughing at the goalie. Yeah, that commercial is awesome. But yeah, well, not much really left to discuss in the game. I guess we do have that disallowed Hazy's goal, which really killed me because, oh, and I don't even think they showed a replay on the actual run through of the the broadcast of the game. But wow, what a find. Marginally offsides. I thought it was debatably onsides. I don't think that Paul Tierney has looked at it really at all. They showed a replay. They showed a replay of the the pass and everything, but the finish. Oh, yeah, the, oh my yeah. goodness. The touch, the chip, the dink. Just absolutely brilliant. And yeah, I was going wild because obviously he was my captain on fantasy. Um but yeah, what he a goal. A and again shimmy. again just shows the absolute quality that, that he brings to the team. What a pass, too. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Just sidesteps him, and then with the outside of the left foot. I mean, yeah, unfortunate to see that disallowed by half a centimeter, but, you know, what's new? Yeah. And thankfully, we're up 3-0 at that point, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't give Bournemouth life as it would if we were only up one nothing, and then we have that disallowed, and then they feel new life and, you know, get riled up because of that. So, yeah, in all, really nothing to complain about aside from that potential call. Just look a little more, take a little more time with it. I feel like some of these offsides, when they've since they've done away with the lines showing you when they're drawing the lines, I feel like they've just gotten so inconsistent. And again, I'm going to harp back onto it. Like, why can't we as as viewers not at the game hear the dialect that's going on between? Like, why can't we hear an explanation? Or I feel like as a viewer, you're justified in knowing what the hell's going on in the game you know so like but enough of that rant so 
Any final thoughts on the game from you guys? Man of the match, I think that obviously goes to Odegaard probably. Um, anything else for you? Yeah, I um, wanted to – do you have something back it? Yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to just kind of highlight something I've been noticing over the past couple games. I know it happened a couple times in the Leicester game um, and then a couple times in this game as well. Um, just kind of big whipped-in crosses we've been kind of struggling to deal with or not winning. Um, I know their forward had a couple headers, one on net, one that was already going wide, but Ramsdale pushed wide. But I know in the Leicester game, this is kind of what led to the own goal. Um, so any thoughts or worries, concerns um, about those long balls in that we aren't necessarily dealing with to the best of our ability? I think that the way we're trying to play, we're going to be – a little bit exposed. Uh, And I think when we're on the back foot sometimes, chasing back to our own goal, a lot of of times for any team, the first place you're going to look is for a long swinging ball back post, Um, especially when a lot of the teams we played have, like, they had a bigger forward in the game, so that was always an option, a part of their game plan anyway. But... We're playing so high up the field. We're pinching two outside backs basically into our midfield. but And the basis of that is to trap them in. But you're also leaving yourself a little bit exposed where it's easy. There are pockets of space to play in behind you if a winger gets down the line. So that's an area that you're kind of giving up chances to almost. But I, I think we're going to get better at defending like that. And I think Saliba is certainly a player as he gets better at heading will be a player that can handle that really well because he recovers very well. So I think they'll try. I think his growth into that role, maybe Ben White's growth a little bit more in his role as a back post defender and Zinchenko defending is always going to be kind of a weakness for him. Anyway, he might be able to shuttle people off the ball, but back post headers and crosses like that. I think you, you know, you have some vulnerabilities and that's the way we're trying to play. You have to accept a little bit, but they'll get better at defending it. Yeah. I think that as Beckett said, we're always going to have some vulnerabilities there just based off how we play. Um, And I don't want to say it's our main objective, but I think that with the dominance you show on the ball against some of the, the lesser teams that might have that counterattack physical presence up top. Um, I think that the dominance on the ball will do well to kind of negate those possible instances. And I also think that we're set up to allow those chances, giving those and taking all the extra chances that we're allowed to create going forward like that. I think that, I don't want to say our main objective is to outscore the opposition at all ends. Like, I don't think we're throwing the towel in on defense, you know. But I think that we're not going in a game expecting to get one and, and hold out. We're trying to get two or three and then kill the game, almost exactly how how we did against Bournemouth. So, as I said, I'm not too worried about it. The only way I'm worried is if we start conceding and our goals wash up. Obviously, that sounds like, you know, complete Captain Obvious. But I think as long as goals are flowing, I don't think that we're getting dunked on three times in a game. I don't think we're allowing that many crosses, that many chances three times in a game. Yeah, and uh, the whole, the to your what you're saying, the whole thing is every team in the world is going to give up chances. It's just you can't, you're not going to play a game where you don't give up a single chance. Sometimes a super dominant team like City can do that when they have the ball 85% of the game. But if every team's going to give up chances, if we know every team's going to give up chances, all it's all you really need to do is mitigate how many you give up. It's like any team can be beaten when your XG is 4.5 and the other person's XG is 0.9. It takes one opportunity. So you'll take 4 XG because you've had all those chances. Your finishing lets you down that day but that's just the way it goes sometimes. City, that's part of the reasons why City never panics when they're down 3-1 like they were this weekend. 
is they know they're going to get at least an opportunity to score four or five goals. And that's what Lee said many times from when I'm, when I've listened to him talk broadcast, whatever, and many people in general is you, you know, there's always another chance. So when you're down one, nothing in the 90th minute, that's what you're telling everyone. Hey, we just one more chance. All we need one more chance. We can create that. It takes five seconds on the ball to create it. Yeah. I mean, hypothetically in an ideal scenario. So, you know, you can always get one more as long as you're within one um, in, or if you're tied, Hey, one more chance, all we need. So yeah, I, I'd have to agree with that as well. Um, one more thing I forgot to mention that I wanted to mention as well. Um, our substitutes, we saw Kieran Tierney come in and play left mid to kind of close out the game, uh, straight swap really for Martinelli. And, I thought that was interesting just because it gives us a whole new dynamic killing off games when you have someone that athletic and that energetic. I mean, I saw Kieran Tierney pressing the goalie at one point in time when the ball went back to him. So I think that's really cool. And it kind of goes back at those people who said, oh, well, Tierney's going to be so upset because he's never going to play or he's never going to get game time because we bought a replacement farm in Zinchenko. And, I know we've said that that's not necessarily true, and we we can see both of them in the same starting lineup, and I don't think any of us envisioned that use of him. So that just goes to show that there's Arteta's got this stuff way planned out in advance. He knew what he was doing when he got Sinchenko. I'm sure Tierney was filled in on on his update of, of his role in the squad, um, and Tierney doesn't strike me as someone who wouldn't be bought in to anything. That dude lives and breathes to win, so... I'm not too concerned about that. He'll definitely get games at left back, but it's just nice to see him in a different role and playing relatively well. I mean, he's pressing, he's knocking balls out, pretty much just breaking up the play, which is exactly what you want from a sub when you're up 3 nothing. So, Andy, he, he would just it'd be so natural that him and Zinchenko could rotate. Yeah, flip back and forth, tyranny oh, overlaps, all yeah, that. Having Zinchenko in your possession still late in the game, but also having those Tierney's fresh pressing legs. Yeah, that's that's nice. So it'll add to our flexibility a lot. Awesome. Well, I think that just about does it for the game. Um, do you guys want to move on to weekly wankers? Are you ready? Yeah, I think so. Weekly wankers. Anyone want to start? I can go if you'd like. Perfect. Starting out, my weekly wanker for the week comes from the Brentford-Fulham game. And it's not an obvious choice, but I'm going to go with Ivan Tony. Why Ivan Tony? you might ask? He scored a goal, an equalizer. Well, it's not about that. It's what he did immediately afterwards in taunting the beast that is Alexander Mitrovic. So if you guys didn't watch the Brentford game, Ivan Tony scores an equalizer in what was it, the 80th minute probably? Um, 2-2, and immediately runs around doing the Mitrovic celebration, rubbing it in his face, taunting the beast, as I said, and that came to backfire about nine minutes later when Mitrovic absolutely dunked on the back post to win the game. Um, So, yeah, moral of the story, you can't be doing that when you score an equalizer, mate. If you go ahead and you're demoralizing them, go for it. But you can't be mocking people on an equalizer because you're just setting yourself up to be on the weekly wanker. So, Ivan Tony, do better, man. Be original. Come up with a cool celebration that you can do on your own. Quit stealing other people's celebrations, pissing them off, and making your team lose. God damn it. Not only that, and don't get freaking Fulham all jacked up the week before we're playing them. Yeah, Coming no off a freaking late-minute buzzer beater. Now we got to go face Fulham, but yeah, what a wanker. All right, who's up? Uh, I'll go. Mine is out of the Bundesliga. Schalke got a pen. I don't even know what the guy's name is, honestly, which is bad, but Schalke got a pen. This guy steps up to take the pen. Horrible pen. Kicks it like a foot and a half to the left of the goalie. Goalie saves it, but the goalie came off his line, so it's a penalty kick retake. Same guy steps up. 
no, no joke, the exact same penalty back to back, like a foot and a half to the goalkeeper's left. He just falls down and saves it. Um, was there any pace on the ball, or did he just pass it? Not really. It, it was a horrendous okay. pen. I He, after the game, uh, I was watching the Bundesliga highlights, and he, after the game, said that uh, they have a list, and it's kind of like whoever's feeling it on the field or something can step up and take it. I'm like, were you feeling it? Because it sure as shit didn't look like you were feeling it. anything, man. Uh, yeah, so horrendous double pen, and... It makes him more of a weekly wanker that I don't know his name. <laughs> Question. Could my freshman have taken a better pin than those? Ooh. My toe ball loving freshman. Ooh. Probably not. Well, toe ball. Maybe. You never know. If they had uh, if they had two they tries. They at least would have put some if power. They had two on tries. It, if they had two tries, yeah. I believe they would have put some power on it. So Well, I'll be honest with you, I would probably tell them to watch it. And all right, let's go. Let's take this exact same penalty. Let's go practice it. And we'd be perfect because we can't play the ball where we want to. It'd be going in the corner every time. We'd be alternating sides with miss kick after miss kick. Be incredible. Simon Tarode. Wanker. That's the player's name. Blow up his Instagram. Tell hey, him to get Cast- out on the practice field. <laughs> <You're>, no. <laughs> Castile's made both the saves. Sam, on to you. Anything? Yeah, so I'm taking a, a different approach this week. Um, it doesn't feel good to take this approach, but the Winkly Wanker is myself um, nice. for my for my FPL manager skills. Um, so basically, I came home from college for the weekend, just got back into town, immediately get a call from my dad telling him, oh, we're meeting at a bar, a town over, celebrate Quentin's first game. So... I'm on the way there, the entire way home, three-hour drive, thinking about the changes I'm going to make for FBL. Um, get home from the bar, FB, <laughs> about to go make my FBL changes, fall asleep. I was going to substitute in Zaha for Grealish since Foden started last week, and I heard Grealish had a little bit of a knock. So he gets me zero points. Zaha scores two goals and misses a penalty. So um, just, yeah, missed out on a ton of points there. Um and then my other one was definitely Mendy from getting the ball stolen off his foot um, from Brendan Aronson. I just love when goalies make mistakes like that because 99% of the time they could have just booted the ball, but instead they just sit there and contemplate, like, am I a five-star skiller or not, and then just end up giving the ball away. So I just he thought was that was so hilarious. Yeah, and he reacted the so, most. It's like, dude, that's totally on you. <laughs> so Morgan actually – pointed this out to me because I was I was at that seminar so I wasn't watching uh or no that was Sunday actually so I was sleeping I wasn't watching um but yeah oh my gosh absolutely horrendous and Morgan and I walked through it and I stop it I'm like okay this is where you should just kick the ball out he's probably pissed because I think it's Cucurella and Reese James they don't open up at all after the ball goes back so he's kind of handcuffed that being said that doesn't mean you try to beat the defender, dude. You play the ball out of bounds and then have a go at Reese James and Cucurella for not being available. You don't <laughs> like the. There's no way Thomas Tuchel is telling him that we need possession so bad that you need to go and beat beat an outfield player with the ball. Yeah, that that's a good shout. He was he would have been an honorable mention for me. Um, yeah. yeah, horrendous, horrendous decision making. And to add to the fact that. He gets pissed afterwards. I hope he's pissed at himself and not his teammates because that's just that's just terrible. Shout out to Brendan Aronson too. I don't know if you guys caught it. A little slight no look on the on the finish yeah. as well. He looks away, gives it to him. Oh, I love it. All for that. The no look on the goal line. The only thing that beats that is getting down on your knees to head it in, but I don't think he's got the balls for that quite yet. You already embarrassed the goalie enough. He's already pissed, yeah. That's fine. Speaking of embarrassing, yeah, that's a. It's been a weird. As I said, it's been a weird week to the prim with, with all the stuff going on. Newcastle drawing City, uh, Brighton demolishing Chelsea. That was not good for the FPL team on my part. Um, and then Liverpool choking it up to Man Man United today, which is just all. It's just all over the place. It, it's making out to be a really, really, really fun year. 
and helps that we're on the top of the table. So Lipa. Anything else you guys uh, want to talk about or are we good to go? Uh, only other thing I was going to say, three and three for Bulligan. Uh Scored late to equalize and get the team a point. So I think they were playing like Strasbourg. Um, and he also scored another one that was overturned by VAR. So, um, yeah, just raising that value, getting that experience. So you got to love to see that. Yeah, it's, it's a big year for Flo and – you could tell I I didn't I don't watch very many U twenty one games. I might have thrown two on last year just because there was nothing on and I needed my soccer fix. Um, but in the the games and the highlights that I've watched, you could just tell that the PL two was way too easy for Balogun, and he was I don't want to say developing bad habits, but in the PL two he can dribble through seven people and then hit a banger from outside the box, whereas you don't want him to you want him to be confident in that, but that's not realistic as to translating into the Premier League. So it's nice to see him go not into the Premier League, but yeah, get a loan to France where he can play higher opposition, but still build that confidence and, and those abilities as well. So good for him and good on the club for getting that loan move because he really needed it. So Yeah, he needs to see what he can get away with in men's league, men's football. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Aren't gonna work. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was getting a bit too—I don't want to say cocky, but he would get on the ball, stop, sit there for about five seconds, and wait for yeah, and shimmy, yeah. shimmy. He look, hes trying to be Neymar, which I mean, who isn't when they're playing yeah. soccer, really? But yeah, it's just not realistic unless you are, in fact, Neymar. So he does have some sauce, though. So I hope he can add some of that to the squad. Um, Martinelli's bringing out some sauce this season, and. Jesus has all of it. So, yeah, it's it's always fun to have players like that. We didn't get to see Fabio Vieira. I would have loved to have seen that. But a lot of other guys came back from injury. And I just can't wait for the next game. I almost wish we had a cup game this week like a lot of the other clubs playing small teams just to watch, watch them play. Couldn't agree more. I yeah, cannot. only thing else, only thing I also ask is, you guys think we stay unchanged again? I'm assuming. I think we have to at this point in time. I think why disrupt anything? Why make a change until you have to? I mean, we've started the last what five games, including the two preseason games, in this exact same lineup, and we've won every single one convincingly. So I don't see any reason to whatsoever and it's unfortunate for the likes of Tierney the likes of Smithrow Tommy who came into the season with Knox and kind of just lost their place in the starting 11 strictly on form Um, but I don't think those guys obviously they'll be gutted to not be in the team but I don't think they have any room to complain about performance levels from the guys who stepped in so I'm sure they're happy that we're winning yeah, I, I mean, I think those those two, Tommy, I don't we don't know if he, that was just last season, his adaptation, kind of, kind of like Party had his adaptation. You get muscle injuries. But I don't know. Hopefully the players that we brought in can, like, push them to somehow stay on the field. Like, I think that competition is almost like it's not – a deliberate, hey, these guys are replacing you. It's, hey, this is your competition. If you can't stay on the field, you will get surpassed because these guys these guys are there to take your spot if it's available. Everyone was working to the same goal, and no one's saying that directly to them. But listen, you you can't be injured like that and just walk back in the team when guys are performing like this. So I think the style, there's nothing that you can say to me about that Bournemouth game that makes me say, well, we need to change this team. He did yeah. almost exactly what, how this coach is building this team, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I, no. I don't think anyone's replaceable. No, I completely agree. I'm just, I'm not trying to wish the season away or anything, but I am excited to see how, whenever the games are in more demand and there's more minutes to be spread around, how the the man management 
um, what it looks like um, down the road. But obviously, we'll we'll see it play out soon enough. Yeah, and also with the competition, I wanted to say Zinchenko, the way that him and Ben White are tucking in, they kind of make Thomas Party almost a player that we could somewhat live without. Not not like if he got hurt, I don't think it's I don't I'm not saying we could live without him. I'm saying because of the way that those two are assisting play, facilitating and recovering the ball in the midfield, it makes his role if he got hurt like I think El Nenny could do it because you have the supporting players there now to help him. Like there was a stretch of the game I watched that Zinchenko and Ben White were the only two getting the ball off the center backs and it was they were they were distributing anything and Thomas wasn't really involved. So it that's kind of one of the things I saw this game that I thought was like, oh wow, that's interesting because now I don't feel as bad if El Nenny just has to be a stopgap player. You hope that doesn't happen. But I think you're right. I think offensively we could probably do without because we have Zinchenko and Ben White who can play those progressive passes from from sitting deep in the holding spot. Um, defensively, I would be slightly worried yes, because Thomas absolutely. is so good at breaking stuff up um, in the center of the park. And not to say El Nini's not, that's probably his strong suit is breaking stuff up and retaining the ball, uh, less so the progressive passing stuff. So I think we'd, I just think we'd lose a bit of our defensive edge without party. Yeah. Um, hopefully yeah, I, he can you, stay it and you couldn't stay do it against like a city or a Liverpool. Like I, I think you'd run into your problems there, but as you're playing some mid mid Europa table League. club or something, yeah, you you can get by, which is going to be most of your games anyway. But I think like all the opponents we've played so far, I think Leicester Thomas definitely helped that game. The Crystal Palace game, he was we needed that his physicality too, and that's what you would certainly miss. But if we can control games the way we played Zinchenko and Ben White will do everything offensively. So just if El Nini can, if he plays like he did at the end of last season defensively, you'd be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that for sure. All right. Well, if that about does it, um, thanks guys for listening. As always, don't forget to follow our social medias at Canon side chats on Instagram and Twitter. You can find our individual stuff through that as were mentioned on quite a few of the pictures and tweets and all of that. Um, but yeah, don't forget to follow that. And we slacked off a bit on our, our potential parlay um, outlay last week. I know we just slacked off and didn't get one out. Um, so we'll try to be better on it this week. And yeah, so we will see you guys after Fulham. If that sounds good with everyone. Saliba. Yeah. <laughs> See you. Peace. Thanks again. Peace.